during a very deep meditation, I did a three day, very intense meditation. And then when I finished, I went privately by myself and did another meditation. And I met a, few, a future self with a major download of your purpose is kindness. And she was wearing a cloak of indescribable. It was as though the cloak was made out of that perfect piece that I saw. And I asked her what it was from. And it was that the cloak was made from the kindness, the joy that my kindness brought others. Welcome to the Spirit Sisters podcast. My name is Karina Machado and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Women's True Stories of the Paranormal. In this podcast, I'll revisit the women behind my most unforgettable stories and unearth new tales to chill, intrigue, astound and offer hope. You'll hear first-hand accounts of ghostly visitors, near-death experiences, premonitions, hauntings and love more powerful than death. Whatever you believe about the afterlife, I invite you to open your minds and hearts as ordinary women reveal their extraordinary encounters. You're listening to Spirit Sisters. I'm your host, Karina Machado. It's lovely to have you with me today for part two of my conversation with near-death experiencer Kristen Chasson. Before we launch into the show, quick reminder that if you love Spirit Sisters, please take the time to rate and review the show. That's the best way to spread the word and grow the audience. Thank you so much, everyone. Now, if you haven't yet listened to part one of my conversation with Kristen, You'll want to scroll back and press play on that episode first so that you can hear her recount every fascinating detail of her 2003 NDE. Such a captivating story and I'm so honoured to say that she's sharing it publicly on Spirit Sisters for the first time. In part two, Kristen talks about the challenges of integrating her experience upon her return to life the gifts she came back with, her communication with plants and animals, astral travel and lucid dreaming, the downloads from the collective that she continues to receive, and so much more. It's quite the deep dive. As Kristen says, the awakening of consciousness is not merely a revolution, but the next evolution of humanity. Now, without further ado, here's part two of my conversation with near-death experiencer, mother of three, death doula, and all-round fabulous and inspiring woman, Kristen Chazon. It affected me. Like, it affected me. And and I'm glad it did. Um, Eckhart Tolle says that the greatest thing is to die before you die so you know that there's no fear of death at all. And I am one of those people fortunate enough to have died before we died. <laughs> So I can get on with living. And I know that I die. It's not the end. I know it's not. And I'm just grateful to be able to share my experience because like I saw my life review, I was not judged. I was just given new tools and downloads of information to do it better. And within a loving manner, not everyone gets to come back in the same body <laughs> as the same person. Some people will come back as the same soul in a different body. It happens. You know, I, before my near-death experience, I was pretty rigid on what I believed was true. I was very broad in what I believed was true. <laughs> 
um, about our universe, about everything. But now when people come to me and I, I research things or see things, I'm like, anything is possible. I am not going to, there's aliens. Cool. There's angels. Awesome. There's a, you know, a space station on the moon. Probably like <laughs> I'm in no position to say that I know better than anyone else. Cause I feel like I know a lot, but yeah, there's a lot of people who have been doing a lot of cool stuff for a lot of long, long time that I'm just here for this time. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, one thing I just want to just go back on because it's so fascinating is that time just after you you came back and you had to be, as you say, taught to feel anything other than love. And this was this, mm-hmm. and I believe that involved, you know, therapists and mm-hmm. physiotherapists and all sorts of things to get you back in the body and learn. That's unbelievable. That's yeah. just incredible. But there's also that other aspect where, and I'm trying to remember what you told me from our first conversation that you you could feel, you could hear the trees sighing, you could feel the, mm-hmm. the grief of the dog locked up in the pen as you walked past. You would sit in front of the fire and, and feel the pain of, was it the, the wood burning or can yes, you tell me about yes. that? Like that, yeah. yeah that connection to all <laughs> yes thank you yes <laughs> yeah yeah and that has grown exponentially over the years as, as I've recognized it as a gift rather than a side effect does that make sense yes yeah yes. so I've done a lot of research and actually um uh trying on different things uh it was very challenging for me um because I had surrounded myself with incredible yet very one track minded community about what was true. I found myself quite alone in my recovery journey uh, emotionally because no one wanted to talk to me about it, about what happened. No doctors wanted to talk to me about it. No, no one from the congregation wanted to talk to me about it. Like I was literally just like two days after a massive cardiac arrest caused by an internal overdose of medication. That's what I died from was a cardiac arrest. The IV medication that they gave me was a flush, like a detox. I was so dehydrated and so full of pain medication that it basically just dumped a fatal amount of opiates into my system and I internally overdosed. So they were okay talking about that part, but I was literally just dumped on an airplane and sent home two days later. Like it, and people would come and pray and they would leave with nosebleeds. Like I was kind of saw as like something happened to this girl and we're not sure if she's actually not clean or pure. Like that's not what it was. It was just like, Oh, like, this girl's talking about stuff that we don't believe in. And that's the only reason why there was so much love and support was because that's what we all believe the same thing. And I stopped believing it. I say, yeah. Yeah. So I felt very alone, but it was, I could, I, when the leaves would laugh, like, I don't think leaves rustling. I hear the leaves laughing. I am legally blind. Uh, so a lot of my, since other senses are heightened and they continue to get more heightened. And so being able to feel animals and feel things and even like 
the other night we were watching a video of how they make a, a certain kind of sap and syrup off a tree. Like I was, we couldn't watch the video anymore because they were just cutting into the tree and they actually said like, we're causing injury to the tree. And I was like, yes, you are, <laughs> stop it. So we actually stopped eating maple syrup recently because we just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, like once you actually feel things and I've gotten pretty good at having my shield up with people be, being an empath. And I don't mean like a stay away from me. I just mean like I can have, I learned with the collective to observe, not absorb another person's emotions. I have sigils and tattoos on me to like remind myself, like you have this ability to not, you know, be affected by other people's energies and emotions, but with the animals and the nature, I have like, no, <laughs> no shield, <laughs> no shield at all. And it is overwhelming sometimes. Uh, I, I leveled up from being able to feel and compassionate with the animals, um, to actually hearing animals, um, communicating with them. It's been a very weird experience. Um, but I know it's because I, I completely recognize them as truly they are, and they know that I can hear them. It's the, that might be another whole career that I do, mm. but <laughs> it was, challenging to try and have conversations with people who just did not understand what I was talking about. Just continued living life in this reality when I know that there is so much more. There's so much more from what you see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. Those are only five of the senses. Those are the five most basic senses. There are endless, countless colors, sounds, vibrations, smells, tastes, things to touch that are all available that all we're just doing here is like, <laughs> you know, see your touch, taste and smell. Okay. So I feel like I'm just here to make the absolute best of it. And my purpose is to teach kindness by being kind and also um, to make whatever part of their day someone spends with me. I hopefully they walk away and having that be the best part of their day. That's lovely. Uh, no, hopefully. <laughs> yes. so yeah. What about your um your physical healing? What how did the NDE impact your bone cancer? What happened after that? Yeah, okay. So because let's see, 2011. That's funny, I don't ever think about my physical recovery with that. Um, with the bone cancer, we got it back under control. Um, with the holistic uh, treatments that we were doing, I did have a, I had had a surgery before that. That's why I was on crutches and everything because they had already removed big chunks of my jaw because it was bone cancer in my jaw. They removed big chunks of my jaw. So, but I was positioned wrong on the table. And that's why I ended up with some paralysis issues on my left side. Yeah, I went back two times. I went back to that clinic in Mexico two times. I went 15 times altogether because I had cancer multiple times. But, and I told them, I was like, I, I had a heart attack. Like I, something happened and they were so open. They were the only ones who were open to listen to me was the actual oncology doctor in the Harry Hoxie biomedical clinic in Tijuana. And he was absolutely so interested in it. And I hadn't even quite sorted it out yet in my brain but he was very interested in, in talking about it. And by this time I, I had left the congregation. And so I was literally kind of going it on my own at that, at that point, but um, it didn't show up. My actual bone cancer didn't show up again. 
um, until 2010. Yeah. And since then, oh, that's another thing. When you asked about um, how I've changed, I can astral travel now. I can 100% move. I can disconnect. Like I, like I said, I do not need, if you think of Dumbo with the feather, <laughs> you know, and NDE was like the feather to learn how to fly. And now I just, I have like the understanding of the knowledge of how to disconnect my soul and my body. So I can astral travel. I can lucid dream. Um, in meditation, I am completely, that is something I can disconnect my body. And for a while, I, when I had lots of faints, that's what I thought it was, but I've learned to control it, to be able to explore, explore and, and go back, not to, not to death. That's what I call it. Not to the collective, but that feeling, that sense, it's always there. I know it's always there. It's here. Like I can feel it. Like it's everywhere. It's like you said, we're everything always, (laughs) at the same time (laughs) so whereas most of us are perhaps closed down almost entirely to that realm there's Mm -hmm. a link that's that's wide open after you're in between you and and that place yeah for sure yeah for sure and it's interesting because like I I don't connect to human like when people are like well can you talk to my animal who's passed can you do this can you do that I would not consider myself a medium. I just get information. So tell us about that. Tell us about these gifts that you've come back with, Mm -hmm. clairvoyance, clairsentience. Tell us. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, there's more than that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, It's pretty neat. Uh, Clairvoyance is being able to see something, and I I have a lot of dreams and just snap visions that I, we call them like synchronicities or it's funny. My girlfriend was saying about, I said, look, you manifested that. She's like, no, I'm pretty sure I just told the future. <laughs> we were trying to figure out which was which, uh, these days they kind of get blurred. Honestly, like you yeah. manifested that? No. Or you saw the future that you would have that, like, which one is it? And we call it the, the presto manifesto <laughs> that I, anything that I want, because I feel like I understand like this system that I'm in is kind of like a simulation. I'm an avatar and I'm going through it, doing the best I can with this, core of ecstatic piece of universe as my you know engine just making things happen like I live a life of miracles daily 100% and so that for me I call magic it's it's 100% something that I was gifted with growing up but again like I said it would lit lit a fire under its butt um, Hmm. during my NP being able to talk to animals that is that one threw me actually a little bit for a loop because it, it, what I hear is, first of all, it's always confusion of like, oh my God, you can hear me. <laughs> you can understand me. But, but that's always the first reaction that I get. Like, understand us. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then just sad. A lot of sadness is, it's very challenging for me to, with the animals. And it's not just like, if I'm near cow field, I can feel their sadness. It's like, I can hear it everywhere. So I am just learning now to, um, to work with observing, not observing that. And I'm working with, um, a really neat lady who does actual animal communication. I'm taking some courses. So I know how to actually like simmer it down because it can be overwhelming. I can't imagine, but it's, I think that's really interesting what you say there about observing observing and not absorbing. Mm-hmm. And you have, 
I guess, mastered a way to do that with other people. And I think that's, that's such a powerful teaching if you could pass that around because especially with anybody who, who is empathic, and I guess mm-hmm. we all are to some extent or another, it's just how much we, we acknowledge that and identify yeah. with that. But what can you tell us about how, how we can observe without absorbing but also at the same time you know, wanting to extend our love and our help, but also preserving ourselves. (laughs) Oh, totally get it. I totally get what you're asking. Let me think, just put it into words because I just had it. When it comes to observing rather than absorbing. Oh yes. I had an analogy about when you're, let's say I'm going, my boyfriend broke up with me. Let's just say, okay. And everyone on my side is saying, you know, what? well, what's the lesson? You know, like you got the smart friends who are like, that's bad, super sad about your luck, but what's the lesson? And I had an epiphany one day because that's forcing me to take responsibility and have my own personal growth. I had the epiphany one day that even the person that I perceive as the bad guy in the situation, they also have people saying to them, that's really awful. What's the lesson, right? And so, and I don't even know if this answers your question. I just feel like I need to say it is that, for me to walk away and being able to be what I'm here to do is that I want to make sure whatever lesson someone is walking away from any kind of conflict or situation with me is that the lesson is again, of love, like, Mm -hmm. like to do better, to be better. Once you know better, do better. And once you know better from that, do better than that. And so that was like an epiphany that I had about how I want to be able to teach this and how I want to able to make sure that it it continues even though I'm here Mm. (laughs) stuck here for now (laughs) is yeah take responsibility and and that's for me I'm able to not absorb it because I am going to be taking responsibility for my part because I can't be responsible for other people's parts and that was a huge lesson right like I can't get through the filters of your past I can't get through um, the filters of your genetics I can't get through the filters of your own paradigms or your own beliefs like I it's not my job to do that. My job is to live authentically and whatever resonates with you, that is going to be what attracts you to me. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And you've, you've explained so much about love and the power of love as well. So, and when you're saying that it's not your responsibility to, you know, take care of every single aspect of another's existence, what I'm also thinking is, and you can tell me if this is on the right track Mm -hmm. or not, Kristen, is that it's love that does that. So Mm -hmm. we, we act with love, we give love, we uh, honour ourselves with love, and then that ripples out in all the healing proper ways that serves mm. everyone. Is that on the right yeah. track? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like if, if, if you imagine it like kind of shooting out like, like tentacles, right? And it's going to, it's, but like a, with a puzzle <laughs> pentacles with puzzle pieces on the end you know I keep getting <laughs> I like these visuals that. from right. Sora saying like say this you'll get it um like tentacles going out with puzzle pieces and they just fit in certain places that's what that person needed that's what that person needed but if I'm focused on just pleasing this person and fixing this person maybe they're not ready to be fixed I just need to continue to live authentically with what I know 100% is my truth then it's either going to be like sonar and like bounce up and go over them, you know, like, or it's going to, you know, that's going to be where it needs to stop and land. 
I know like when I started having downloads of information, it was like looking at a computer screen, you know, in the movies in the eighties where they have like the green screen with all the code going on. That's what it was like. And I was like, holy, like I could actually see it. And then I was like, wow, that's in crazy code. And then I had the same realization. I'm like, oh, I know how to read this code. And then I was like, of course I know how to read it. I wrote it. That's me. This is my code. Like it was a very wild experience. <laughs> and so as I get these things coming to me, again, all I can do is keep living authentically the best I know how. And with, you know, love and compassion and kindness as my guides man I'm there's still the human part of me I can be a real cow sometimes not often though like I think three times I've ever actually gotten angry I threw soup cans one time I threw a plate of dinner on the floor in front of my kids feet one time and I think I smashed a plate you know in my whole life I think those are the only times that I've been like hulk angry angry but other than that learning to observe has been great gift because I can't fix other people I can only live authentically because that is my mission whoever it's going to resonate with it's going to resonate with and if it affects them in a positive way fantastic if they don't want to hear it I just say then sleep longer we are all going to wake up at one point and it's a matter of whether you know you fight it or you want to be a part of it or you're part of the revolution of consciousness we all have our part and some people's part are to be the antagonist to help others fight longer and harder for what they know is right, which is love. You don't mm. war for peace, you peace for peace. <laughs> Say that again. You don't war for peace, you peace for peace. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Yes, that's really powerful. We're coming to the end, although there's still so much I want mm. to ask you. And this will, I, I would say, be a two-part episode. But What can you you tell us, Kristen, about or what what are you happy to share about your amazing children and their own spiritual journeys and how that has, I guess, interacted with your own journey and what you're here to to be? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Well, my kids are my favourite humans on the planet. (laughs) Um, I know that... Atea, my she's 26. She's my firstborn daughter. She is a mermaid, witchy, healer, goddess, glorious. She's my favorite. Don't tell the other kids, and I'll say that about the, all the others. She's my favorite firstborn girl. <laughs> then I have my favorite my favorite son, and then I have my favorite my favorite daughter, not born of my heart, but a, a born of my heart, not of my belly. <laughs> so they all are my favorites. Atea, I actually went into labor with her when I was taking my Reiki level one training. Uh, So she is actually like a full on Reiki baby. She was like from the get go, got some pretty powerful Gaia energy source wisdom in her. And it's funny, I actually asked her to come by today and be able to speak, but she's uh, celebrating with a friend for her birthday. When I came back, I was different, right? And I was sickly still. And it, it took a long time for me to even talk about what happened with my kids. Atea knew. Atea is actually like a full-on special starseed being. My son, I'm pretty sure, is, I think he has more of that source soul energy in his body than most people. Like, I would call him an alien, but that's when you think alien, you just think like, you know, UFO sci-fi movies. No, like, 
something is very special about my children. And I think something is very special about a lot of this generation that is born in this, like their age group. They are definitely going to be the change. And I just, as their mom, I just feel blessed that I got to be their teacher for as long as I was and still continue but now that I actually get to learn from them because they are wise children are so wise and I got now I honor that in them there is no you know spare the rod spoil the child nonsense that I have to adhere by it's like I honor you in all that you are because I know (laughs) yeah you chose me as a vessel to come out (laughs) but you are your own experience And I love my children tremendously. And my son did have some, um, well, all my kids, all the kids who just didn't get listened to, damn it. All the kids who are a little bit different get, you know, in the system. (sighs) So they all had some issues (laughs) and we rode them out together. We are a strong unit. And there was a time when I didn't with some of my experiences with my kids that I wasn't able to tell the difference between spiritual awakening and full psychosis because there was things coming out of their mouth that I had to die to learn and they naturally know it and so it (laughs) was with hormones and crazy and you know things normal human things that kids go through so my kids are amazing even the one that I got later in life Vanessa and she was she was half an adult already she was 15 and I am very blessed. I would be definitely friends with my children, even if they weren't my children. And there, I they, I have hope. I have hope. I have peer, very peer, related conversations with my children. Mm. Like I don't see them as just young. You don't know anything. It's like, oh no, I'm going to take what you have as knowledge, and I will use it because they know more. They're still closer to source. They're just, they're younger. That doesn't mean they're stupider. It just means that they're less far away from source understanding than I am. Because when you're born, you know, it. still, you come in. Yeah. You get wiped and you get reprogrammed by your parents, your new parents, but some kids don't forget. (laughs) Some kids. Yeah. There's some pretty special beings out there. So. (laughs) that's beautiful thank you yes and it strikes me also that even though you talk about it so casually your your beautiful daughter Vanessa born from your heart not from your belly Mm -hmm. that is not a common thing that people would do you know to to give the child who was already a a teen I think by the the time she came to be with you to give her a Mm -hmm. home and and you know love and play a part you talk about it very casually Kristen but I don't (laughs) think many of us would think, oh, my daughter's friend's going through a hard time. I'm going to bring her into my heart and my home like a daughter born of my heart. It's, mm-hmm. it's very beautiful and I just don't want to go oh, over you. that. Yeah, and I wonder if yeah. that is in a way something from your NDE, like that love coming through in a really tangible form that is not, well, which is a little bit countercultural to do such a thing. Yeah, it's so interesting when you talk about countercultural girlfriend and I often have conversations about how we just leave people out in the cold now like literally people are just left out in the cold and how it is so countercultural to just not only care but let your actions back up like literally have your actions aligned with what you say it's not a hard thing 
if you're not going to do it, then don't say it. Like mm. for me, I always go back to, I love animals, but I eat them. You know, like for mm. me, that is just like a thing, right? If you, if you love people, I love people, then why are, why, like, what are you doing about it? And so, yeah, taking Vanessa in was a no brainer. Like she was just, she has filled my heart up tenfold for welcoming her, welcoming her into our home. I am never regretted a second of it. And with other kids too, like our house was that house. We fed the kids. We, I got a birthday card signed from the guy on the couch because he was just this young kid of the friends <laughs> of my daughters who just, you know, he was a little transient and they were young. And so I'd always, you know, sometimes we wake up and he'd be on the couch. So we'd make him breakfast, give him a shower and send him on his way. You know, that's, that's who we were. I was that for my daughters because they're only a year apart. And I was that for my son and all his friends. So I was a safe place to be. And yeah, you just, you help mm. when you can help show love be kind it's not hard it's free like you do not have to do something dramatic and film it and put it on social media to be incredibly powerful you can just help like my girlfriend gave her rain jacket to a guy who was cold and she's pregnant mm -hmm. and i thought these are the kind of people that i'm surrounded with thank god you know yeah, <laughs> and i hope that I hope that it, it, it grows and I hope that it expands and I, that's important. It's what and it's supposed to be. What, how would you, just to pivot a little bit, just you mentioned that you studied religion and science mm -hmm. and you've studied it intensely, privately in your own way, at your own pace for 17 years now since your NDA. Mm -hmm. How yep. would you summarise? <laughs> how would you summarise <laughs> what you've learned? Okay. Well, you have to also remember that I was, I was Jehovah's witness for six years before that. So it was 17 plus six, you know, we're talking 23 years that I've yeah. studied theocratic and secular history, but afterwards I started studying everything. And I will tell you something I have, what do I have? We have maybe 150 books, 200 books. And they're all ranging from religion and every topic that you can possibly imagine about understanding humanity, the brain being a paradox of itself because it uses itself to understand itself <laughs> that of all that I've read and all that I've experienced and all that I've learned and assimilated, they're all saying the same thing. They're all teaching love. You can dissect it. You can add whatever historical markers, dogma, misinformation, <laughs> The nitty gritty is love. It is going home to love. You can live in paradise now on earth by understanding this universal truth. And as a death doula, I also know that there is no religion when you're dying. When you're actually crossing over, all of that gets left behind. There is one universal knowing, and that is love. And there is a peace to knowing that while I walk through this world now. And I still continue to read them. I still continue to buy them and I still continue to research and cross research and expand my research. And as things come up, I get more downloads and clarity. But of every text that I have read and studied, the answer is still love. 
and it's such an overused word, but to truly, when you say that I'm in love, like I'm in love, you are in love. Think of it as physically being in love, in the energy of love and go about your day like that. Then Mm -hmm. all the ascended masters, I don't care if it's Buddha, Krishna, Jesus, (laughs) Mahama Gandhi, (laughs) um, John Lennon, (laughs) like anyone who, you know, anyone who knew what they were talking about, Tesla, you know, Plato. Yeah. Yeah. It's love. They're all, it's just different ears who you think is listening when you're praying. That's all it is. It's all going to the same source. There is your filter. And that is the only filter that's there is what you have put on yourself. That is the only barrier to understanding the love that all the texts and teachings are are saying is your own filter of what you think should be right. And so when things have gone wrong with the interpretation of what they're all trying to say and when, you know, war and, and strife has resulted as a result of trying to put forward what you believe about what this mm-hmm. is saying. So basically, yeah. do you think that that's the human ego just mucking things up? They're just getting in the way. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Humans are messy. <laughs> Humans are messy. Whether, yeah, we just, it's almost as though there needs to be a big fuss. Yes. Look at me. I have an idea. It's right. You're wrong. It, it just doesn't need all the fuss because all paths are going to lead to the same place. It doesn't need to be this separation and this I'm right and then you get like even spirit people in the spiritual community saying no this is what happens I'm like did you die like if you haven't then sit you can ask questions you don't get to make a comment okay um no (laughs) I don't think I think everyone has to either die or do ayahuasca 10 times before they start commenting on stuff that they are just like an opinion (laughs) but for sure there is there's ego there's fear there's there's hope honestly I think a lot of things that are misinterpreted are based on a sincere hope that they're true um which is beautiful but still misguided yeah dogma opinion like all of that ego everything that comes from not love is not love (laughs) there is just it's such a basic such a basic thing yeah Mm -hmm. and the wars and the thing and it's we're just a friggin' plague honestly like Gaia shrugs and we're just gonna go, go <laughs> one day and, you know like when we talk about the ego and getting all caught up and needing to be right in the fuss I have my eye on the prize like I know the long game I know that it's gonna get like in this social climate now it's gonna get worse before it gets better it's gonna in Canada and now like we're literally having to go to jail even if we argue with anyone like it's absolutely insane what is happening but I, for me, I, I do not live my life in fear. I, I do not subscribe <laughs> to that. So I don't get caught up now since my NDE in the catalysts of change. This guy, this president, this war, mm. blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. Nah, nah, nah. I just am like, okay, <laughs> this is all like happening here. And I'm like, I see you. Like I'm keeping my eye on the prize and remaining standing firm holding space, remaining strong, having integrity, being authentic, being consistent. And I am relatively unaffected. I'm relatively unaffected. And if people want to get all up in their ego and for why, why, 
all it does is create separation. You are trying to argue something that doesn't even have the concept of separation. You are going against the basic rule of, of love. And Kristen, as you, as you say, like that image of Gaia shrugging and we're all just going <laughs> to fall off. One thing that comes to mind, and I've, I've thought about this, and I don't know if I'm gonna, going to be able to express it properly, but I almost feel like this big influx of NDE stories that have happened in the last sort of 50 years or, or mm -hmm. that they're coming into the public consciousness in the last 50 years or so since Raymond Moody's book in the mid-70s. It feels to me like a great mercy, like they're really trying to help us, the Ascended Masters, the, the collective, you know, the teachings that come through the various channels. I mean, I, I read A Course in Miracles and there's just... Oh, know. yeah, my mom did that when I was in grade six. It's yeah, so astounding. I'm very familiar with it, yes. <laughs> and astounding. even the story, she wrote like the the prophets or like the uh, the um, disciples. She was directed by source to write this. She was not a writer. She could not stop herself from writing it. Like that's that right. stuff happens. It happens. And it seems <laughs> to me as if we're really being helped. And mm -hmm. this love that you speak of that is in the collective and that is the true nature of who we are, that continues and that's with them, those ascended masters, they're trying to help us. It's a, an act of great love and they're not stopping, mm -hmm. are they? They're very persistent and yes. whether we listen or not. And I just, yeah, I wonder what you think of that and how the NDE seems to be or this, uh, these expressions that people are sharing, like you, the story, mm -hmm. it just seems to be a big part of this revolution of consciousness that you touched on earlier. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, it is, it's going to be a revolution. I think it was George Orwell when he said that, you know, speaking the truth is going to be considered a act of rebellion one day, you know, um, as much as it's going to be a revolution of love. Um, and globally, like you said, so many people are waking up, like some people are having to die to wake up, <laughs> you know, like, but some people are having it through spiritually transformative experiences, you know, Kundalini awakenings. There's so many ways to like, my son had drug psychosis and he came back like, Whoa, <laughs> like he was wisdom in a nutshell. When, when all these things are happening, it, it's not going to stop. We're, it's going to be not only a revolution, but it's going to be the next evolution, right? So if we, if we consider the actual evolutionary scale as truth, let's just call it truth just for the sake of argument, that the next evolution of man will be higher consciousness. It won't be gills. It won't be like, it won't be something to adapt to our environment. It will be to ascend our environment. And um, being able to, yeah, have conversations with people who actually understand what you're saying is so incredibly special because for a long time before it was actually like you talk about, like in the last 50 years, like it was, it was documented. I think it's documented mm. in the Bible. It's documented yes. in the Akashic records. It's document like all these things are have been documented, but actually being talked about. We I mean, look at what you were saying, like with the media, like they drop nuggets of truth in movies and yeah. in new, you know, like I found Ians through a documentary on Netflix. Like I found a whole community of people who spoke my language, man. <laughs> like all these people who understood near death and 
what it was like in the soul and being separate and trying to fit back in once you arrived and understanding that you were just taught by the greatest source of wisdom in the world and then some it's uh it's it's going to be very interesting <laughs> to see how it all pans out because people are waking up and it's going to get messy and it's going to it sucks it sucks that it has to get as bad as it's going to get before it gets better, but I know it's going to get better. And the next evolution is going to be a revolution of love. And each one of us are responsible for that for ourselves, because again, it ripples out and it changes the it, collectively it changes. So I look forward to it. I'm glad I'm part of it. It's quite a time to be on the planet. I get right. that sense. <laughs> yeah, it is. And the fact that you and I are together on the planet at the same time and this cat down the road, you know, as, as our friend Ralph Smart says, is going, he's, everyone's going through it. And it's, it's going to be changing the narrative. Be your own plot twist. If your life has been up this up to this point, you do not need to die to have a new understanding. Choose a new understanding. <laughs> like, it's, there's going to come a point where you're not going to be able to, to deny that love is going to be the answer. And whatever that looks like, I don't know. I'm not, like I said, I don't get caught up in the players of the how it's all going to happen. I just know that it will. Okay, and I have, so that's why I don't fear death now. Because if I die, whether there's war, whether there's pestilence, you know, whatever it is, I know where I'm going. I got, like, I'll do my best to make the party go on here. But <laughs> like, if I die, then I'm not sad about that either. <laughs> and so, Kristen... You've mentioned the downloads of information a few times that you got. What would you like to say about the most salient messages from those downloads or the, the, what stays with you the, every day? Oh, it stays with me every day. For me, one of the big downloads for me was that because I came from a religious, not upbringing, but background for that time period that Jesus and the devil weren't like people. They were higher consciousness and the ego. That was a huge one for me. And another one for me was when I remembered that we are all one, that when someone is just rubbing me the wrong way, it is my responsibility to say, why is that? Why is that triggering me? Why is that affecting me? And take responsibility like that part of this person I don't like that's a part of me that I need to work on myself and be honest about that shadow work that was a huge download <laughs> that my purpose during a very deep meditation I did a three-day very intense meditation and then when I finished I went privately by myself and did another meditation and I met a few a future self with a major download of your purpose is kindness and she was wearing a cloak of indescribable it was as though the cloak was made out of that perfect piece that mm. I saw effective and she said I asked her what it was from and it was that the cloak was made from the kindness the joy that my kindness brought others mm. and so that was a huge download I get them often often <laughs> um what was they all seem monumental at the time but then looking back of like, when I had this big epiphany, I'm like, oh, that feels like kindergarten knowledge, right? Like, it's just like, it's so basic now because 
it's not new information. It's not, it's ancient. It's as old as everything that gets, I'm not learning anything new. I'm remembering and then learning how to use it now. Um, so the downloads are fun now. They're, uh, they come in all, they come. <laughs> Can't stop them. Presto manifesto. <laughs> but the downloads are um, probably my favorite part because it's, it's like an upgrade of what I already know. I feel like it's an upgrade to my system. For example, like with speaking with the animals, that happened very profoundly at the conjunction that happened in December at the solstice. I went to bed just fine, just feeling like normal, like doing my own vegan stuff and like rah, 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 just living my life doing the solstice song, which, so we did like candles and sand and salt. And I woke up like Dr. Doolittle. I'm not even going to try and explain that any further, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't a good week for me. Um, uh, but since then, like we went to the ocean yesterday and I could, I'm blind. I have, I'm going to stop saying that Tara's going to yell at me. Um, <laughs> because I have had very poor vision. I got chemically chemical burns in my eyes as a young adult and I could see, I could see yesterday, like things are leveling up. Like I could see a long ways away. Like that was a major download. I just kept saying at the shore, I'm like having a bunch of moments here. Like I can actually see, I, I saw like a buoy like way out in the shore. And I actually got the binoculars that I brought because I knew that I couldn't see, but I could see it with, <laughs> I checked. I'm like, oh, that is a buoy. <laughs> I'm like, I can actually still see that. And I could see, I could see that there were birds in the sky. Like things are happening to my body as I get downloads that I'm, becoming more in tune to the animals, more in tune to nature. Like we went through a place that they had done a whole bunch of cross cutting unnecessarily, like just no reason. And we just felt so sick to our stomachs and sad. And then I could actually see that there were birds in the sky, which is not something I've ever been able to do. And I could see not only the birds, but I could see their energy, like the different, I could see the different energy of those low lying birds, those low flying birds versus these high birds. It was Downloads are nothing that I can control and I'm not sorry <laughs> because it's literally like a system upgrade. That's what it feels like. In every sense. So it's every it's, sense. Yeah. You're open to that other realm. And so it's all happening there on that sort of invisible plane or invisible to most of us, but then it's also in your physical senses too. It's, yeah. It's, every, it's multifaceted. The upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, the sight thing yesterday, I was actually like emotional because I have, and I, when I took my contacts out, I, I'm still, I still can't see now, but when I had my contacts in yesterday, like that was the first time it actually physically manifested itself, a download, because we were on the beach. We were very, we were doing the equinox, like we were very strong intentions to be with a whale energy. And I just, I read this incredible book that was very moving to me and yeah, something just happened. So like, I don't know what to ever to expect with downloads. I just trust that they are for my highest good to be able to carry on my purpose, which is to be kind and show kindness and to teach people that death is not something to fear and that it is absolutely okay to be afraid until you know better and then do better. Once you know, <laughs> once you know differently, you do differently. Like it's, yeah. Well, it's such an honor to be able to play a part in your journey of spreading that kindness today by broadcasting this 
wonderful conversation gosh what a conversation thank you so much Kristen before we go I just wonder is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to share or any particular message from what we have shared that you really want our listeners to take away with them let's see it's time to trust your intuition it's try it's time to it's time to touch back into your authentic self it is time to reconnect with nature. It is so time to reconnect with nature. It is time to have fellowship. It is time to say no more to absolute tyranny. Um, it is, it's important to be prepared for it to get worse, like physically in this world. It's important to be prepared. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that as things progress, it's going to be pleasant. It's not. And still yet, fear is not to lead the way. Because it's not that we need to be physically stronger to survive this next revolution evolution, which we are literally in the middle of. Like you look around, like it's happening. It is not just to be physically stronger that is going to be important, but to be spiritually grounded. Like people are awakening and they are freaking out. Some people are <laughs> super good with it. They've sought this whole, this Nirvana on earth their whole time, but some people are not ready for it. Um, and, and all we can do is when we do our day to day life is, is it coming from love? And yes, there's going to be human nature in there, but all we can do is all we can do. And, and then all we can do, it's enough. If it is all you can do, then it's enough. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for being on Spirit Sisters today. What a, what a wonderful time I've had with you, Kristen. And I'm sure this episode or double episode is going to resonate so much with the audience. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I hope so. And thank you so much. This is my first time being it recorded and I can chatter on about it. So I, I do appreciate your, your patience and your, your thoughtful questions. I do appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you. And please do keep in touch and let me know, oh, yeah. you know, what happens. 100%. And, and um, I'm hoping that you'll write a book about this incredible experience of yours. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it will happen. It absolutely will happen. When I posted that, um, I was doing this with you today. So many people are like, how do we subscribe? How do we get this podcast? And my one girlfriend's like, I told you, you should be writing a book. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. I know. I just keep living my day as though it's a story. It's a fairy tale because it's my fairy tale. So <laughs> that's a wonderful, wonderful approach. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so okay. much, Kristen. Well, Thank we'll, you. we'll speak again soon. No doubt. Absolutely. Well, bless. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Spirit Sisters, the podcast, based on my best-selling book of the same name. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and will join me again next time for another intriguing conversation exploring mysteries and marvels. In the meantime, please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. I also welcome your feedback, so please message me through my website, karinamachado.com, or find me on Facebook at Karina Machado Author. Perhaps you have your own encounter to share. If so, I'd love to hear it. After all, there's nothing more powerful than a story. Thank you.